first time long time 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 hey there sports fans first time long time it's your boy Richie Barone Tommy Fitzgerald is not on the show today don't worry we're not breaking up the Beatles Tommy's just feeling a little bit under the weather. I got on the phone with him the other day, and I was talking to him. I said, hey, you know what, man? I just went to the gym today. I maxed out the, the bench at 380. I could put the show on my back this week. Let's do this thing. So I got in touch with my boy Josh Satin, former New York Met first baseman, and we did ourselves a little interview. We talked about Terry Collins. We talked about what he's doing for a living now. We talked about what first basemen talk about with runners when they get to first base. And when I got to his Wikipedia page, I also found out that he is family friends with Howie Mandel. So that's real interesting. We talked about that too. It was a great interview. Josh was a great guy, gave us a ton of time. So thank you very much and uh, enjoy our interview with Josh Satin. All right, we're back here with Josh Satin, uh, former New York Met. Um, Josh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, you're welcome. Well, you were, uh, you were playing ball as recently as this past June. Uh, what have you transitioned to now and, and what do you, what would you like to do in the future? Um, well, uh, as of now I'm working at a real estate investment company. Um, we buy and sell big apartment buildings, uh, all across the Western United States. Um, I've been working here for about four months now, uh, and it's definitely a big change, but I am, I'm having a good time. I'm learning a ton uh, and really, I don't know, really uh, using a different part of my brain, different skill set than I've ever used. Uh, you know, my whole life has been baseball, baseball, baseball. So it's, it's been fun to, uh, to really challenge myself in a different way. That's awesome. And you, you went over to SNY recently and did a little time over there with, uh, with those guys doing some hot stove work. Uh, could you see yourself doing that full time or was that just something that, you know, you enjoyed as like a little, uh, one-off? Yeah. I mean, for right now, it was just, it was just for fun for a week. Uh, they had asked me, uh, to do that if I was interested a while ago. Um, and I was always in, in touch with those guys and, uh, I have some family that's in New York still. So I was going to visit and, it just worked out well where they needed someone for the week when I happened to be there. Um, but it was a blast and I had a really good time. Uh, you know, I still am in the know and, and everything baseball, especially Mets related because that's, those are my people. Those are the people I grew up with essentially in nine years in the organization. Uh, so, you know, it's fun to talk about them, fun to give my opinion on, on what I think is going on, what should go on. Uh, but as of now, it's not something I'm going to make a career out of. Right, right. Well, being from California, you know, you said you have family in New York, so I guess you're used to the people in New York. Uh, I was going to ask, you know, was it difficult playing for the Mets in New York? Because uh, as a Met fan and as someone who's lived in, in the state my entire life, I understand that we're pretty abrasive. I mean, you know, just, just ask Jason Bay. I don't think he had a fun time here, uh, and I, I don't think it's easy for everybody. So how, how was it for you? Look, for me um... – Playing in New York was amazing. I, I, even though I'm an LA native and born and raised here in LA, I think New York is probably the best city in the world. 
to live, to be around, just the people, everything. Yeah, the fans can be abrasive, like you said, but I loved it. You know, you know where you stand. You know, I had days, uh, you know, through 2013 when I was playing well. You walk down the street and people are praising you and it's the best feeling in the world. And then a year later, you know, you can't buy a hit and you hear about it everywhere you go. Um, but for me, that I, I enjoyed that. I uh, It never really got to me at all. Um, you know, like they say, if you can make it in New York, you can make it everywhere. I love the action. I love the heat. I love how everything's under a microscope. So for me, that was a blast. But I, I definitely saw, you know, with guys like Jason, that it, it could be overwhelming sometimes. You know, I remember one of my first days in the Navy League in 2011. Uh, Jason was up, and I didn't really know Jason very well at the time. Um, but I obviously had known what he was doing uh, with the team. And he hit a grand slam in the first inning. Uh and then he came up with bases loaded in like the third or fourth, and he struck out, and he he got booed. And I was just like oh thinking, man, he just hit a grand slam. Um, but you know, they his place with the fans had already been been made. So uh, you know, for me, in New York, playing in New York, it's it's a blast. It's a rush. You know, when things are going well, there's no better place, and when things are going going poorly, it can be tough. But you know. Only the strong survive in New York. So I have so much respect for the guys that have done it. You know, the David Wrights, the Derek Jeters of the world that have been in New York and, and been successful and managed everything that New York has, you know, brings to you. How many fans that you saw in the street would uh, mispronounce your name and call you Satan? Um, I'd say more than I like. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I've been hearing that forever. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, Sometimes people do it like to be funny, uh, but it definitely happens more often than not. Yeah, I was gonna say if you if you had a dollar for every time that someone was like you know they thought they were the first person to to make that joke, right, you'd probably right. be retired, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from from everything, just working in general, you'd be done. <laughs> yep, you're not wrong. You mentioned David Wright. Uh, in the minor leagues, was there like a a minor league-wide uh, in the Mets organization, like a depression uh, coming up for third baseman? Because I would imagine it was kind of like being a shortstop in the system for the Yankees in the early 2000s, where it's like, I got to find something else to do because this guy's going to be there forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. You know, for me, uh, David was – and I hate saying this now because I know him really, really well, and I would never want to tell him this, but he was like, I don't want to say like, he was someone I looked up to like a lot before I knew right. him. Uh, I mean, I still do now, but like, you know, so it wasn't like depressing. It was more like, man, how do I get to that level? How do I, I want to emulate everything he does. I want to be like, I joke with him now that, that we're pretty close, but like when he, he spoke to us in the, when I was, like, really young in the minor leagues, like, one of my first years, and everyone was, like, scared to ask him a question, and I asked him a question. It was probably a dumb question. It was, like, just I just wanted to, like, talk to him, really. And, right. uh, you know, he, he like, years later, he didn't remember that day. But, of course, I did because it was, like, one of the coolest days ever at the time. <laughs> um, but in reality, man, you those kind of guys, like, you just try to find a way to play around them. So that's why, you know, for me, even though third base is probably my best position, I never actually even really played third base because I didn't want to. Because I knew 
if I want to be part of the Mets, the New York Mets, like find somewhere else to play, <laughs> really. Um, and I kind right. of think that most guys in the system think that way. Uh, or at least they did, you know, when I was coming up. Uh, he, you know, when I was coming up to the minor leagues, he was doing so many amazing things, um, not only on the field, but like like I was saying, it's tough to, to do it in New York year after year after year and handle yourself with, like, class, and, and he did an amazing job of that. So, you know, all of us guys, yeah, it was kind of frustrating sometimes that, like, you know, I played third base. Like, what, what are you even doing in this organization? But at the same time, it was awesome to be in the organization with David because you got to see firsthand what the best in the business at his position does. Right, right. Well, you moved over to first base. You played a bunch of firsts, and, uh, you know, this is not really a technical question, but I always wonder just watching, what are people talking about on first base when when hitters get on? I wouldn't know Anything what to say. And everything. Anything yeah. and everything. You get the guys that complain, you know, when, when you're first up there and you're, like, so happy to be in the major league, you know, and then you, you sometimes hear, like, other guys from other positions, like, man, I'm so exhausted. Like, dude, I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, you're in the major leagues. This is amazing. But, uh, you know, I would never say that because I just wanted them to like me. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we would talk about anything and everything. You know, guys, for the most part, are really, really, really nice guys. Uh, when it comes down to it. Um, and, you know, when you first get up, people always ask you, like, you know, a little about yourself. They want to, like, know, like, what what you're all about. Uh, you know, I'll never forget my first game in the major league. My first start uh, was in Washington, and I was, like, super nervous, obviously. And I got to hit my first hit back, and I got the first base, and Adam LaRoche was playing first base. And, like, I was shocked at how nice he was about everything. And then the next guy, like, walked, and I went to second base, and, like, Ian Desmond was playing shortstop, and he came up to me and was, like, just congratulating me and asking me about, like, my life and, like, you know, congrats on being up here. And then I went to third, and Ryan Zimmerman did the same thing, and I was like, man, dude, this game was awesome. Like, everyone's so nice. <laughs> and really, like, it was really cool because you realize that baseball is a fraternity. Everyone, no matter how successful you are, like, People don't forget how hard it is to get to that point. So, no, of course. Uh, that's a lot of the conversations, man. It's like, you know, how you feeling out there? Some guys even give advice, like, hey, I see you doing this. I'm like, thank you. You know, like, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, crazy. And then, you know, there's always, like, the some guys like to talk about, like, you know, what they did last night or whatever. That's always fun to listen to. But, um, you know, there, there's just, I always like talking to guys on first base because, in reality, man, like, everyone's so different, which is what's cool about baseball. Everyone comes from different backgrounds, and just getting to know them and, like, getting their personality a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. And, like, from my conversations playing first base, like, I have guys that I, like, really, really root for for no reason other than that they were, like, super cool and, like, really nice guys. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. I think if I were on first base, I would try to do a roast of everybody who came up? I would just, <laughs> I would do my best roast, and uh, you know, it, it would be, it would be all in good fun. But we'd see what happened. We'd yeah. see who could, who could take it, who had thin skin, who had thick skin. Maybe I'd get them, you know, catch them sleeping. Maybe they get thrown out of the game for trying to punch me. But I think, you know, that's a good idea for uh, upcoming first baseman. 
Um, there was always yeah. some element of me wanting to like distract them a little bit too. So I'd like hold a conversation like, all right, if they're talking to me, they can't steal second base or they can't like be on their toes, you know, super on their toes. So exactly. that was always like a little part of it. But, um, you know, for me, it was just cool to get to know some of these guys that you've watched on TV your whole life and you've heard about your whole life and to see what kind of guys they are because guys get reputations as like bad guys or whatever. And I found like a lot of them are actually the exact opposite. Do you remember, uh, you know, here's a little Josh Satin trivia. You probably would remember because it's one of the bigger moments of your life, I'd assume. But do you remember what team you hit your first home run off of and which pitcher it was? Yeah, Randall Delgado, Arizona. Wow. Yep. Boom. I guess that's one of those things. Because, that... like, I, I, I faced him a lot in my life, like, before the major league. Uh, oh, okay. And so it wasn't like, who the heck is this guy? Even though he wasn't, like, established, neither was I. He was just a guy that was, like, had just come up with him, but I had known him. Uh, I don't know him like personally, but I had faced him like tens of times, uh, and uh, over the years, just coming up through the system. And he was with Atlanta over the years, so I, I definitely remember that one. Plus, it was one of the cooler moments of my career. Yeah, no, it was a shot. Um, who in the in the years you played with that team, who were the the funnier players? Who were the players that everyone wanted to be around because they were hilarious? I'm always curious about that. On the team, yeah. Um, Personality wise, I mean, I, you know, everyone gravitated towards Ike Davis, um, just because really? you know, like him or not, as like a player or like his whatever they people said about him, but he was like a, he was a super charismatic guy, really fun to be around. I also had known him for a long time. Um. And, you know, I, he and I became really close, but it wasn't just me. Everyone was, was always gravitated towards him. Um, you know, he was, he's by far one of my favorites. We still talk all the time um, to this day. Uh, you know, obviously people gravitate towards David because he's like such a down-to-earth guy and he was the best player in the team. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say, like, he's like as charismatic as Ike. Ike was like very charismatic, always like, loud so like he's always in the spotlight of the clubhouse um you know another guy that that people didn't know and it's easy to say now because he's really good but justin turner was was a guy that people always gravitated towards because he was like one of those guys that was just always talking baseball and very knowledgeable and it wasn't a surprise to me that he got really good because the guy just ate and breathe baseball like he was in the in the cage in the video room all day trying to figure out like how he can take it to the next level and he finally did and you know it's it was you know there was stuff that came out about him that that i didn't view as like true and and like that he was a cancer and i i I personally thought he was like the exact opposite so right he was one of my favorites for sure um you know i enjoyed murphy he's always fun to be around He, he was kind of a a guy that likes to give give guys a lot of shit. I don't know if I can say that on this show, but um, of course you can. Yeah. No. Okay. So whatever. Uh, but he was always fun to be around. Like he and I had a really. We still talk a lot too. Um, he seems like so he would do weird, weird stuff, stuff, Murphy. Yeah, he's like he's. You never know. I love watching him in the games because, like, even though he was a really good player, and obviously he's even better now, you never know what he's going to do. Like he would, like, randomly run like from first to home for no reason and it's like hey, what are you doing but like yeah he, he was just always fun to be around he, he could joke with himself he could joke with everyone so he he's definitely one of my favorites uh 
you know, that, that I had been around. And then I like the other guys because... too. I mean, no, go ahead. You know, an underrated guy that I know he's become kind of a fan favorite, but like Wilmer Flores is, I, I came up with him. So I've known him for like, I don't know, 2006 for like almost 10 years. And oh, uh, yeah. he, he's, he's one of the best and he's, He's just a fun-loving guy that, like, he and I had a really, really good relationship where we joke around with each other. Just a great guy to be around. So I, I love seeing him succeed. He, he's one of the guys I report more than anybody just because he's just a good person. I love watching Wilmer. And actually, like, you know, speaking of, of Wilmer, you know, Wilmer, two years ago, he had that, that whole thing. He thought he was traded, whatever. It wasn't actually traded. Um and it made me wonder how much fan noise can you actually hear when you're on the field? Cause apparently he had heard that from some Met fans who were getting updates on their phone. Uh, like how much of that are you able to tune out and how much are you hearing people when they're, you know, throwing, throwing stuff your way? Yeah. I mean, it's a good question. Sometimes you hear more than others. Uh, it's, I hear it. I, you hear it all. I mean, you know, when, you know, people are unhappy with you, and you know when people are happy with you. It's, it's. I think the players they they try to act and say that they don't hear what's going on, but but you know, I mean, I would uh, try to tune it out, good or bad, because you want to you know keep an even keel and just play your game and act like it's you know it's another game, another day that you've been doing your whole life, but but you definitely can hear what's going on. Did you ever not throw a ball into the crowd after an inning because you were pissed off at, at you know, people being annoying? Um, yeah, probably. That's the best uh, way to punch it's the best way to punish people. No one wants anything more yeah, than a I ball. Mean, yeah, I mean, for sure there was uh the the ball ball uh ball throwing in the stands is a funny thing because people I don't know why, but they want a ball so bad. I don't even know what the heck they do with the balls, but like People want balls so bad in the stand. So uh, I was always, you know, cognizant of who I was throwing to, what I wanted to do. You know, if a little kid, I'd always throw it to him. There was like an over-eager, like, 50-year-old guy. He wasn't getting the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I uh, I go see some spring training games every year with my dad and a couple of my buddies or whatever, and uh, we always end up at Duffy's at night. Have you been to Duffy's? Yep. Oh, yeah. Now, like, how many times – I always felt bad. I don't know if you're ever one of these guys, but I've seen guys from the team bowling, and in between, like, shots, there's literally a swarm of, like, 18 people, usually no younger than, than 40, trying to get people to sign baseball cards. And I'm like, you know, like, you can't give them, you can't give them two hours to bowl. Like, was it, were yeah. you ever a recipient of, uh, of the bowl stalking? Yeah, I went bowling a lot. There's nothing else to do in Fort St. Lucie. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of bizarre. Um, but if you go to Duffy's to bowl, you know what you're getting yourself into, to be perfectly honest. Uh, so, I mean, you know, yeah, it's signing, like, five cards for a 50-year-old man, like, can get frustrating sometimes because, A, if you're just a fan, you don't need five cards signed and, you know, you're trying right. to make money off it. But, uh, you know, I'd always try to, like, appease, appease the fans because, in reality, sure. we're here for them. Uh, but with that said, if there was 18 guys lined up to get 
five cards on each and a kid line kid there just like you know passively wanting an autograph he would always be the first person that I would go to and I think that's pretty much a consensus for most ball players yeah no that that makes sense I mean and it also makes sense that the only thing to do in Port St. Lucie is bowling I mean I spend a lot of time at Duffy's because really it's either that or the outback or you're going home but uh I guess uh you know wrapping things up I got two more questions how is it playing for Terry Collins I like Terry. I mean, look, Terry, I've known Terry. He was the um, minor league field coordinator uh, when I was younger. Um, so I always thought that that worked for me and against me because in this game, your reputation is everything. And I always had a reputation as a guy that could hit and that couldn't play defense, right or wrong. I never agreed right. with that, but, like, that was my reputation. And so I, I always thought that Terry sometimes, like, bought a lot into that. And so he did give me more opportunities to hit because of that, um, and he expected more out of me, which is great. But I also felt like that hindered me a little bit defensively because I think that it was always like in the mentality that I was a liability. Um, and that stems from a, a bunch of different things, but that was just the reputation I had even coming out of college. Um, and I think that it just gravitated towards the Mets organization and then towards Terry and I always felt like no matter what I did, there was nothing I could do. So that that was a little frustrating sometimes. But, you know, for me, the manager in baseball, it, it, it's, a, it's a fickle thing because, you know, the best managers are best at, you know, balancing personalities because there's so many different personalities on a team, like I was saying. Everyone's from different backgrounds. So first and foremost, and Terry does a really good job of this, if you can manage personalities, I think that that is big. Um, right. And then, you know, it's not really tough to, like, figure out who to play. Like, we have guys that are supposed to play all the time. Like, David's supposed to play third. Like, Murphy was supposed to play second. Whoever was the shortstop was supposed to play short. Like, Duda was supposed to play. It was, it's not difficult to, like, write a lineup. Yeah, you got your starters. But, uh, you know, I think the difficult part about managing, like, from an X's and O's point is, Managing a bullpen, which I have no idea how to do because I'm not a pitching guy and I just, you know, I've never had any experience. So, you know, that I think that's where, like, people get frustrated with managers, not necessarily Terry, but maybe Terry also, just because, you know, that's where you can get the second guessing. You know, you a couple years ago in the World Series, like, right or wrong, he left Matt Harvey in the last inning and, you know, it didn't work out, so he gets all the slack from it, but if Matt pitched, you know, a shutout inning, Terry would look like a genius. So, you know, it's just, right. that's where it's tough. Um, you know, for me, if you notice, like, in the World Series this year, like, Joe Madden is probably the best at managing personalities, which is why he got such a good reputation as a good manager. Definitely. Uh, in turn, Terry Francona, like, managed the bullpen like a hero, really. Like, every move he made, like, worked out. And so now he looks like, Everyone thinks he's, like, the best manager in baseball, and he probably is. But, like, some of those moves, because he didn't, like, Andrew Miller pitched 20 scoreless innings in the playoffs. What if he didn't? You know, then he wouldn't have looked stupid. Um, right. So, manager's really a tough spot. It's, it's, if you can manage personalities correctly and the guys respect and like you, which they do for Terry, um, then I think you're, you're already ahead up. And then, you know, making moves that work out, you know, just – Making moves that give you the best opportunity, they're not always going to work out, but if you're consistent with what you do, 
in your moves, I think, then um, you know, you'll be more successful rather than not. I think Terry's done a really good job, man. He I mean he took a team, we stunk when I was there and um, you know, he got a few pieces and kept the guys together and they made the World Series in like two thousand fifteen and they were back in the playoffs this year with injuries to every one of their starting pitchers besides Noah. So it's like Right. How could you say you know, I could never say Terry's not a good manager because he's done a great job keeping everything together. Um, well, it's so. interesting, like, you know, when you uh, – just to ask about – you said managing personalities a bunch. Like, in Terry's case specifically, does that mean, like, is he the manager that – is he, like, cool dad who's going to listen to hip-hop with the players in the clubhouse? No. Like, it, does he like stay away? Kind of but, right. you know, to be a good manager – he can relate to everyone and be upfront and honest with everyone about where they stand in, on the team and everything. So, like, for me, in my role with the team, for the most part, I wanted to know, like, where I was, what my role was, what I was going to do, when I was going to hit, when I was pinch hit, what starts I would, I would get. And Terry was pretty good at, you know, not surprising me for the most part, like, where I didn't expect to be in a certain spot. I mean, it's my job to be ready in every spot, but it makes your life easier as a bench player and a role player when, you know, you know how to prepare for your opportunity. And I thought Terry did a pretty good job with that. Um, and that's really all you can ask for, uh, you know. And I, I like Terry. He's a good man. He really is. He's a baseball lifer. He loves the game. He's out there working his butt off every day. Um, and, you know, trying to put guys in the best position to succeed. And, uh, you know, I thought that uh, for the most part with me, he did that for me. Hey, you know, what, what else could you ask for, right? And, uh, and b- before we let you go, I read on where I do most of my research, which is Wikipedia, that growing up, your mom owned a clothing store with the wife of Howie Mandel. Is that true? That is true. Did you ever meet Howie Mandel? Yeah, like a hundred times. And when you met him, did he shake your hand or did he do the fist bump? Um, I've known him like I've known him a long time. His daughter and I were really good friends when we were in like elementary and you know growing up. Uh, I don't think I've ever shook his hand really. Um, it's it's kind of uh, a funny thing. I brought him into the clubhouse actually like three years ago. He was in the yeah. first show. I don't know what he was doing, but he was there and he came in, and it definitely makes for some funny like situations watching how people introduce themselves to him, you know. Um, you know, for me, like, for someone I've known for 20-plus years, you know, it would usually be a, uh, a hello hug. Right, uh, right. You know, like a man hug, but that, that ain't happening with Howie. Um, but uh, it's I, – I enjoy Howie's awesome. He really is a, a funny guy. Uh, I, I mean, I went – I have plenty of stories I could tell. About like shows that I would go to when I was young. He, my parents and, and and him and his wife were pretty close, so uh, you know, I, I would go to his shows, and he's pretty vulgar. So like when you're a ten year old kid backstage at Howie's show, and like you look up, you listen, and he's saying stuff, and you're just realizing what cuss words are. It's like, it was like <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would always wonder because you know, I mean, anyone who knows Howie Mandel, I wondered if the the fist bump. You know, because of the germs, is is more of an actor if it's if it's something that he really subscribes to. And then if you bring him in the clubhouse, you got to figure that like I don't know, 
I'd say a good 50% of the people don't know that he has that rule. So then it probably makes for a lot of like, you know, hey, how you doing? Oh, we, we don't shake hands. All right, fine. You know, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's great. It's pretty enjoyable to watch like people like introduce themselves to him and see how it, how it goes. It's <laughs> actually one of the funnier things that I, I like to see. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, he's, he's a good man. Obviously he's super successful now. Um, he always was, but he's taken it up like 10 notches since I've known him. Yeah, of course. Well, listen, uh, you know, thanks for taking the time out today. I know it's a, a Friday and, uh, you probably got plenty of other things to do, but I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have you back on sometime. All right, man. Sounds good. All right, man. Take it easy. Yep. All right. Thanks again to Josh Satin. Hell of a guy. Great to talk to him. Great insight about the game. Love the stuff about Justin Turner, Daniel Murphy. Miss those guys every day, mostly because they rake, and, um, you know, we could always use that. So, Josh, thanks. Hope to do it again soon, buddy. On the Mets front, otherwise, we got nothing going on. Like I said, the only thing I've seen is that Noah Syndergaard signed another sponsorship deal, this time with New Era. So instead of backing off them, like Tommy and I asked him to, he is piling them on. A little concerning, but the guy is a national treasure, so we're going we're gonna to leave him alone for now. But that's all we got, and... We will talk to you guys next week. Here's hoping we get a relief pitcher between now and then. Yeah, hey, fellas. This is Chris from New Hyde Park. First time, long time. Hi, this is Bob from Greenpoint. First time, long time here. Hey, guys. This is Audie Bevilacqua from Hapog. First time, long time.